This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another serving of Business Soup Talk Radio. If it's in business, it's Business Soup. I'm your host, John Dibbavoise. Search engine optimization, or SEO. What does it mean? How does it work for you? And when should you use it? Well, we called upon Travis Bliffin, who is the CEO of Stellar Search Engine Optimization, and he's been doing this for a long time. And we're gonna ask him the vital questions as to how do you do search engine optimization and get the real numbers? Learn how to do it the right way and what is the secret to organic content promotion. Well, Travis is gonna be serving up the stellar serving of business soup and search engine optimization are the key ingredients right here at the table on Business Soup. Travis, welcome to this serving of business soup. Hey, thanks for having me on. I'm excited to be here, and, and hopefully we get to cover some great information. Well, we're going to be covering the one subject is in acronyms. And of course, you come from a, uh, an industry full of acronyms from the U.S. Army, and that's SEO, Search Engine Optimization. We're going to be talking with an expert here, folks. Travis is an expert as to search engine optimization. What does it mean and how to look smart when you ask and talk about it? So, Travis, what is SEO? Well, I guess it's probably the most effective way to generate business in the modern age, right up there with paid advertising. When you go to Google, you look for stuff, you type in, I'm, I'm looking for a Chinese restaurant nearby. Google pops up results, it's nearby restaurants. Guess what? The first couple that show up, if they're close to you, you've got a good likelihood you're going to go there, unless they've got terrible reviews, and then hopefully you'll skip them. <laughs> uh, that in a nutshell is really what it is. When people use Google to search, and, and search engine optimization is primarily Google, but you can be optimized for really anything you can search. So you could do optimization to show up better in Amazon or to show up better in directories. Um, what about YouTube and, and those areas? Yeah, YouTube, any other search engines. I mean, pretty much anything that has an internal search engine can be optimized in one way or the other. The big one's Google. That's where most of the money happens. That's where most of the business comes from. They're the ones that are listening anyway. There's no longer any privacy in this world. It, everything is out there. And boy, every now and then we'll be talking about a subject and then suddenly without going on the computer, we turn it on and there is an ad for what we were talking about. And we're always scratching our heads going, how did that happen? Yeah, that one is a little creepy. Facebook is probably, in my opinion, uh, where I see that the most often. Like you can talk about almost anything and before you know it, boom, there's ads everywhere. It's a little odd, but I guess it's just one of those trade-offs where everybody just, there's a 50-page terms of service, terms of agreement thing. You scroll to the bottom, click accept, and there's really no telling um, you know, <laughs> yeah. what all you're agreeing to, but everybody does it. They say, <laughs> yes. well, I'm going to be on Facebook, so click the box and move on. And so it's great for marketing purposes. It's a little creepy sometimes with Facebook advertising, but I guess it's just the reality of, of where we're at today. I mean, unless you just don't engage on those platforms, then you're, you're sacrificing privacy for convenience. 
And we'll get into the that aspect of the searching and, and how it knows what we're looking at. But as a business owner, I'm already in business. How do I get my business to be noticed more? If I'm not paying for the ads, how do I get up there in the rankings? If you know where to look, anybody else who's already showing up for what you'd like to show up for, they've kind of created a roadmap for you to follow. And so if you know how to look at that, you know how to figure out what they've done, what seems to be working, if, if you look for common trends between people, then you can kind of help formulate a plan. But the very simplistic overview of SEO is that you have to have pages that Google can crawl and understand. You have to have information that helps solve the intent of the person searching. So if they're searching for information versus to buy a product, it's going to be a different kind of page they want to have, different kind of information they're looking for. So it's very important that you understand what the person's trying to gain from their search. And then beyond that, it's about having trust, authority, and credibility. And and that's where link building comes in, getting third-party sites to mention you and link to you. And if you have those three things and, and you do them in the right amounts and in the right order, that's really all there is to SEO. It's it's an extremely complex thing in, in some turns and, and in other tokens, it's just a very simplistic process. It's just about knowing where to find the right information and how to formulate an effective plan. But that's really all it is to it. Really not a lot different than very early content marketing, which goes back hundreds of years. If you have information that people need and you have a, a way to let them know you have that information, then you're going to be able to bring them in. And, and through sharing information, you gain authority and expertise with those people and they become your customers. Wow. Easy for you to say. Let's go back a few sentences here and not so much in decades, but let's understand about SEO. Okay, so it means search engine optimization. It's being able to have content that can be searched. And right now it's just strictly words. So it's like this show would be transcribed. And if people are looking for your company, which is stellar SEO, then they would be able to find that through the transcripts that are on my website and would be out there for Google to search or, as you put it, crawled and find it. How do I write something that will get my audience or my listeners or myself up there in the rankings? How do you write that content for SEO? That's another one of those things where your competitors kind of can answer that question extremely well. And Google can answer that question also. If you're trying to show up for best business podcast and you go to Google and you search best business podcasts, you're going to see the 10 pages Google likes the most. And in going through those, looking at those pages more closely, you're going to start to notice trends. Is it a certain type of page? Is everybody on the first page have a 10,000 word guide about how to make the best business podcast? Are they all major podcast sites? What kind of things do you notice? What kind of things are overlapping between all of those results? Then they have to go back and look and say, okay, now what am I missing? What don't I have that all these people have in common? And that's really how you do it. If you start with that framework, and then you add your own expertise into the mix. If you know nothing about having a business podcast and you write an article about it, it's probably not going to be as good or actionable as somebody who runs a business podcast. But you can still use that same framework approach to kind of set out the foundation, you know, general guidelines, things you should mention. If you need to have images and videos, if how long it should be. 
And so that's the approach we take for everything is we just use a competitor analysis model. And so by looking at what Google has already rewarded, what they already like, you can kind of get a good jump start on what you need to be producing yourself. All right. So with that in mind, do I write press releases and that can be then also published for search engine optimization on Google? Are there particular ways in which to get that message out? And is there a duplication of effort or do I have to write it out each and every time? The SEO industry used press releases a lot just to generate links. And it doesn't work very well anymore for that purpose because there's a handful of syndication networks. You write a press release, they publish it on two to 500 sites, and then they just blast it out. So SEO value of that is pretty minimal these days. Okay. The one exception to that is if you're trying to rank locally in the Google Maps pack. And there's actually been some cool studies that show that it can be used effectively for local SEO. But if you're doing a press release, you should forget about SEO unless you're a local site. And you should be doing a press release to get in front of the right audience. Just like appearing on, think of a press release like appearing on a podcast. You would appear on a podcast that would have an audience that might have an interest in, in what you do because they could become referral traffic to your site. They could contact you directly from it. Same thing with a press release. If you have something to say and you can share it to sites that have an audience that will care about what you're saying, then it's got great value. But the value isn't necessarily SEO. It's just visibility, getting people to your website. So as an SEO tactic, it's not really very effective. And, and so it kind of goes back to what it used to be, in which case press releases were to generate attention among a certain audience by leveraging the pre-built audiences of other websites. So it's like what I tell everybody locally, like the restaurants in any community, if you're a local mom and pop, small business, you, you write a press release, it gets published in the local paper. And those are oftentimes more effective than the paid advertising that you put in there. It's a background story. Everybody loves a good story. So based upon what you're telling me here, you'd send the press release out to the local restaurant or to the local paper. They publish it. It's going to go digital. Does that then convert into the opportunity for SEO if it's on the newspaper's website? Yes. If you're a local business, like in the example of a, a local restaurant, and you send out a press release and it gets on the local newspaper and the local news channel, then that's going to give you some SEO benefit. And it's also obviously greater than the SEO benefit from something like that is you're going to get the visibility from being pushed out. I mean, whatever the distribution of the newspaper is, right. plus their online readership. And that sometimes is instant. You're going to get instant results from that because people see it, they hear about it, they like the story, they come and check it out. Well, everybody loves instant gratification, and that's what you were talking about. You put it in the newspaper, and the, the day it comes out, you could have instant results. What about SEO? What is a reasonable period of time if I say this episode here with you today, who is Travis Bliffin from Stellar SEO? Travis, if I get the information out or onto the web, what is a reasonable period of time for the SEO to take place for people to find you and me on this show? That's a good question. And it's not really one with a straight answer because the authority of the platform on which it's published is going to make a huge impact. If this podcast got pushed out on Forbes and Inc. and Fast Company and Business Insider right now, it would probably show up later today or tomorrow. If it got pushed out on a brand new website, might not show up for 6, 12, 18 months, depending on who's in front of you. And so it has a lot to do with the pre-existing authority that you have. It also has a lot to do with what it is you're trying to be visible for. If, if it was um, 
podcast interviews with Travis Bliffin, that's going to show up faster than it would be for business podcast, right? Because there's more people competing for one than there would be the other term. And those are all things that kind of go into how long it takes. As a general borrower park, six to 12 months is is about the timeline in which SEO generally starts to work and, and be effective in a lot of cases. But there's always exceptions. If, if you just need to have a very small improvement, a couple months and you could have a very small improvement. If you have a brand new website and you're in a very competitive space, you could be at it for 18, 24, 36 months. All right. um, and, it, and it just really depends on who your competitors are and what they've done. What about consistency? And I'll give an example. This podcast has been going almost a year now, and we will have pretty soon our 100th episode going up. And if you Google the program or my name, we come up and take up the, the entire first page, along with a minister who happens to share the same name, kind of like an inside track. But so that type of SEO is tremendous. And I don't know what I did to get it other than consistency and pushing out podcasts and the distribution of the content of the show, as well as the transcripts and all of that. Is that reasonable to expect that type of SEO in the first year that I or my listeners have been in business? Yeah, so it is. And especially for what I would call branded searches. So people searching for your name, the name of your show, the name of your company. Branded searches are usually the very first ones that show up. Because unless you pick a really popular name, there's not a lot of overlap. As you mentioned, there's yourself and, and one minister that, that have that name. <laughs> um, so it's it's an example where there's less competition for that particular name than there would be like business podcast, right? There's millions of people with a business podcast and there's sure. only one person with the name of your business. And that's where the number of people competing for it really makes a big impact. So for branded searches, for variations of your own name, things like that, those generally show up pretty quickly, you know, three, four, five months. Sometimes it can take a little bit longer, but... Well, that makes sense because when you're looking at business podcasts, that's a like a shotgun blast. And so you're going to you're gonna get a lot. But when you narrow it down to a rifle shot such as Biz Soup, then I come right up at the top on in what you're calling a brand. And I am branded in that capacity with Biz Soup and have been for quite some time. So that makes a lot of sense. How do I get people from the shotgun to the rifle? The funny thing about that is showing up for branded searches, you kind of see two different things happen. One, somebody gains visibility for all kinds of really broad keywords. We'll go back to business podcast. Say you're, you rank number one for business podcast. As it should and so be. People, and so say you rank number one for that. Over time, over repetition, six months, 12 months, 18 months, people are going to start to associate the name of your podcast with that. And so you'll have a certain amount of people that now decide, okay, I'm going to search for them by name. And so by being visible for business podcast, you've gained visibility for your brand, brand recognition. And so it'll over time, people will start to search for you by name and it'll be that. Now, the other side of this, the other thing that people do is they do a lot of other advertising, TV commercials, radio, paid advertising. They just blanket. Think like big companies, how they operate. So they do all of those things. And in doing those things, they make people aware of their brand name. And so what you'll start to see is people go and they search for them by name on Google because they know of them from somewhere else. Right. And so that's really kind of the two ways that, that people build brand recognition online is that. But the big thing to remember is if you're trying to gain visibility, if you're trying to gain traffic from search, from Google, then unless you've done the other steps to make your brand name well-known already, 
then you're going to get a lot more traffic from searches that are not branded than you would from people searching for your your name. So in okay. your case, business podcast would, would probably generate more traffic than biz soup, um, for example, because there's going to be more people searching that way that are not familiar than there would be um, the other familiar. way. Yeah. Yeah. All right. And now that we know what it is and how it works for us, how do I go ahead and start planning and put together a program or a link? You know, like, what are the first three things I need to do in order to create this content that is going to qualify and get me up the ranks in SEO? The very first thing you have to do is figure out what your target is, what you're trying to be visible for. And that can be confusing in some cases and pretty straightforward in others. If you have a Chinese restaurant in New York City, you want to probably want to show up for Chinese restaurant in New York City. Or if you're in a particular borough, you might want to show up for Chinese restaurant plus that borough. If you have a thousand different products and, and a lot of different options, there's going to be multiple things you want to show up for. So the first thing you have to figure out is what, what terms that people actually search for are most related to what I do. In your case, something like business podcasts, small business podcasts, things like that. Those will be relevant terms. Once you identify those, then you have to go to step two and you have to look at who's showing up for that already. And that's when you go back to that process I mentioned where you start to look at and analyze what are they doing that I'm not. And you can break that down to, to very small levels. What's their page title look like? How much content do they have? How long have they been in business? All those considerations. You go through all those things and you kind of come up with a, here's where I'm falling short checklist. You know, the next step is you have to go and you have to start solving those differences. You have to, you have to um, fix that. If, if you don't have content and you don't have authority and, and you don't have any of those things they have, then in order to go from not visible to visible, you have to close the gap up. Um, and so that's that's really how you go about it. No matter what industry you're in, if it's really easy or really difficult, uh, where you're starting from, if you go through kind of those three checks, you'll always be able to come up with a plan that will help you move up. And then the last part is figuring out, do I have the budget and patience and is it worth it? Um, if, you, if you found out, okay, it takes a million dollars to rank for business podcasts, then you'd have to ask yourself, what would it take for me to make back a million dollars from ranking for this keyword? How long would that take? You know, do I have that budget? And, and so that's the last consideration before you get going is, should I do it just because I can? Um, and in some cases, you'll figure out that that really doesn't make sense. There's not a payoff. And that's when you kind of go back to step one and you say, okay, business podcast is too expensive. It takes too long. I don't see the value there. But what if I look at instead small business podcasts or business podcasts for startups? And those are faster and easier to rank for. And there is a payoff there. And that's where a lot of people honestly go wrong. Agencies mess this up. People who do it themselves, they don't take that last consideration in. They just say, "Interesting, man, there's other people ranking for this. I, I better rank for it too. But guess what? If they figured out a better way to monetize it than you have, you might be wasting money not to make it back and they might be making a great return. So- Step number four is, is where I see people go wrong way too often. When it comes to picking the person like yourself to do my search engine optimization or SEO, I am solicitous, and I'm sure so many people are. If you have a website, I get calls nearly every day on people who can do search engine optimization, and they're the best. 
They're unsolicited calls. I don't know what are smart questions, and I'm thinking that the questions that I'm asking them are the dumb questions. What's the difference when somebody calls me and says, hey, I can do this for you? How am I showing them that I'm an idiot when it comes to SEO or I'm a genius? The first thing I would say when you get those, even we get them, we get emails and calls from people trying to verify our Google My Business listing, trying to sell us the best SEO services, $99, $49. It's ridiculous. So the first thing I would ask them is, if you are so great at producing inbound leads, because that's what SEO really does, is it, it gets people to call you and contact you that are looking for what you do, right? That's like the whole purpose. Okay. I would say, why are you calling me on the phone why didn't I find you? That that's probably the <laughs> first consideration is why are you why are you cold calling random people trying to get them to to get your pitch? There's plenty of people searching online right now for SEO and link building that you don't have to call anybody. So that would be a smart question as to why are you calling me and not going through my website? Yeah, like why don't I why didn't I find you or know about you? Yeah. We specialize okay. in in link building as a company. So if you look for link building, we show up. We're there. If people are searching for link building on the internet, they're going to find us. They're going to call us. I don't have to call anybody um, and say, hey, do you need us to build links to your website? Because they were like, I need link building services. So I'm going to look for them online. And guess what? I see Stellar SEO everywhere. So I'm going to call them because they've done what they're telling me they do. That's the first thing is how you find them. And that's not to, there's some very large, reputable companies and they have outbound sales team. And so it isn't an instant if somebody calls you that, that it means they're not doing well. Um, but you should be looking, are they practicing what they preach? Are they actually visible? Are they using SEO for themselves, right? Are they using digital marketing for themselves? Wait a minute, wait a minute. What is, what's the difference? You said, are they using SEO or digital marketing? And you just kind of glassed over that like I knew what I was hearing there. What is the difference between those two? Sure. So SEO is, is specifically improving your organic visibility. So it's unpaid search results. Now, search engine marketing or SEM is paid advertising. So if you see displayed ad, display ads or you see the ads at the top and bottom of Google or you see paid advertisements on a lot of different platforms, that would be search engine marketing. To throw into the mix, you have content marketing, which isn't necessarily SEO uh, driven. It's people producing content to share across social platforms, online, wherever to get people to read the content and come to their site. So if you take all those things and you and you lump them together, they would just be different ways of digitally marketing yourself. So think of digital marketing as a combination of, of tactics or strategies you can use to get people that are on the internet to find your website and contact you. SEO is just one of those. It's one, one source of that. Okay. So I get this phone call that's unsolicited and or now I've, I've understood, I've already cleared the table. And they're, they're gone. Let's say that I contact your company, Stellar, to say, you know what, I need to up my presence online in a good way. What are some of the things that I should have whenever I'm talking to you or anybody else about what is it that I need that first call? If you go online and you search like questions to ask your SEO company, there's lists everywhere. People make them and other SEO companies go and they search those so they know what questions are coming. They coach their people on what to say. It's just like going through the motions. There's not generally a lot of value in that whole procedure. What we believe is you should be basing your decision on what they're asking you, right? So 
if you contact me and you say, I, I want to move up and I say, Hey, that's a great plan. I've got this silver package. It's $999 a month. It's exactly what you've always needed. Just sign up and we'll, we'll get to it. I don't have the first clue what you want to move up for, what you've done previously, anything. Right. And so that, that's like a huge red flag. How am I going to make a recommendation about what you should do to solve your problem when I don't even know what your problem is. And so one of the best things you can do on your side is think about what are they asking me and how are they understanding what it is that I do. And if they're not asking those kind of questions, then then you probably should call around to some more people that are because the very first step in a good SEO plan is to set a target, set an end goal. And from there, you can work backwards and you can find out a, a ton of great information, but it all starts with asking those questions. So far more important than a list of cookie cutter questions is ask yourself at the end of the first call or at the end of the second call, however the process works, how much do I feel they know about me? If I called them back and said, tell me what I'm trying to accomplish, you know, help me understand what I do, whatever, what, how, how well could they answer that? That The very best SEO plans I've ever seen built started from a very thorough understanding of what the person's trying to accomplish. If I was to get you on the phone and to qualify you and say, I need to build my business up, you'd be looking at my website. And I would hope that you would be able to, without explanation from me, tell me what it is I'm trying to do and then build in a program that would help my business get better exposure with perhaps changes on my website or what you would be doing in addition to what I've already got. That's pretty close. The, the difference is the without explanation part, because I could look at your website and I could see three things that you do. And you may know that internally, one of those things you enjoy doing the most, you do it most efficiently because you're very well versed in it. And it's the most profitable for you of those three things. And I might talk to somebody else and they may have a completely different one of those three things that's the one they most enjoy and are best at and make the most money from. And so you obviously, you can look at a website and you can gain a lot of information about where a website stands by looking at just the data that's there, the information that's there. But the other part of it is you have to understand the human element. For example, that comes to mind are plumbers. Uh, Some plumbers, they love to do water heater replacements and installations. It's a quick service, pretty painless, and it's got a great profit margin. Sure. But if you're a commercial plumber and you also have a water heater installation page, you're probably going to get more money from commercial installs than you are the water heaters. So the person who primarily does water heaters is going to want to really promote that, and that's going to be more important. The person who does commercial jobs in addition to is probably going to lean to the commercial side. And so that's where the understanding the person, understanding the business, besides just looking at the raw data, becomes extremely important. It, because every business is going to have certain things that they just like to do, they, they're better at and, and are more profitable for them than the other things they offer. What if I was to take my existing plumbing business and I'm specializing in the commercial side of it, commercial industrial, and I set somebody up, or it could be a family member or an employee, and I promote the heck out of the water heater installation or more perhaps the tankless water heater. Would I be better off promoting it independent of the big picture and just have more of a rifle shot? Or here's John's plumbing and here's a division in the tankless water heater. 
with those, a lot of times when there's a really close overlap like that, like plumbers, then you can promote both. And and some people would say we want to promote all three services, all two services equally because we have different teams that do them. So it's not a it's not a thing where you have to do either or. It's just more about the understanding of of what it is because maybe you call me and you say I've set up my cousin with the water heater installation portion of it, but he's not really very good at it. And so we're really just trying to pacify him and, and, you know, give him something to do. So let's not get too many of those. Cause we have to send out a team member to help him every time he goes out. Right. Yeah. yeah you don't want to have to send out a rescue squad every time he starts doing work for you. Exactly. And, and these are the kind of things that, that it seems a little silly, but it makes a huge impact on your SEO strategy and those are the kind of things that you have to learn in that initial process to make sure that you're guiding somebody down the right path. And so that's where I think really the magic happens is knowing of all the things you could possibly do for somebody, which thing is going to be the best for them. And that's really what you have to figure out. From there, it just becomes a, a process of going through the framework we use to figure out how to get them there for it. But the very first thing is if, if you don't know where you're going, you can't really build a plan to get there. Everybody has what we call secrets. You know, thank goodness social media wasn't around when I grew up. But there are secrets to the, or, as you call it, growing your SEO organically. What is or, an organic content promotion? And, and share some of those tips, tools, and techniques here because they are secretly held by so many but me. <sighs> It's tough. There used to be a lot of, of really interesting tricks and, and things you could do, kind of shortcuts. And over the years, Google's worked really hard to close up those shortcuts and those hacks and those tips that, that could kind of give you an unfair advantage. So now really the biggest tip or the biggest trick, and it, and it isn't a trick, but so many people don't do it because it's very time intensive, it's labor intensive, is taking the time to understand what's already working. In almost any industry, you can find somebody who's doing a really good job at promoting themselves through SEO. And if you look at several competitors who are really doing a really good job, you can save yourself a lot of trial and error, a lot of mistakes, a lot of time by looking at what they've all done that's in common and start there because that could be the 20% that gets 80% of the results. So if there's a, a tip or a, a trick that really everybody should know, it's that there's so many free training courses and SEO, everything is just everywhere. Everybody who's ever read a book on SEO has made a training course. So don't just use those because what they'll tell you is a lot of guidelines that are in theory very good. They're practical, they work. And if you did all those things, they'd probably get there. But guess what? It's going to take you a lot longer and a lot more money and a lot more hassle than if you look at what the what the 20% is of those things that really makes the most impact. And so forget about just following a generalized rule of thumb and just look at who's doing a good job and look at look at everything you possibly can about their website, about their business, about their reviews, about how good are the images they have? Does it look like every image on their website for everything they do was designed by a graphic designer? You know, make notes about that. Figure out what they're doing really well. That works for SEO, it, it, but it's worked in business probably for as long as businesses have ex existed is understanding your competition, understanding what they do really well, and, and then understanding what you could do better. The secret's not so much a secret as it, the secret is right there in front of you. You just have to stand, take a step back, look at it from its someone's entire picture. You go to their website. Perhaps they are familiar in your industry. 
Look at what's working for them and just do a Google search on them, a little SEO of your own, and find out who's ranked top and take, say, the top three and see how they compare with you. And then just basically copy or like take pages out of their website, cut and paste, sounds like. Yeah, I mean, you have to make your own, but but they're giving you You don't want to plagiarize, but I'm just just simplifying it here. Yeah, for sure. I have seen people plagiarize too, and I don't recommend that. It's not not a great plan. But there was a time for local SEO when people would just copy and paste pages, and they would rank them above the original site. So it's it's been done. But it's like using it as a template. You can create with your own words, but you see what's working for them, and then in your own words, you can use that same flow and put it to work for your search engine optimization for your business. That's right, because. If they're already showing up, they're having a lot of success from it. Google obviously likes what they're doing. And once you're in an industry for a while, you'll notice over time, okay, Google's making an update. Yesterday, Google released a big algorithm core update. And some of the people who ranked yesterday won't rank today anymore. And some of the people who didn't rank yesterday are ranking now. And so if you spend a lot of time in an industry, what you'll start to notice is okay, these two sites, they dropped off and these two sites improved. Now let's go back and see what the two improved sites are doing that the two dropped off sites didn't and what overlaps with the sites that didn't move. And so over time, you'll start to pick up on a lot of little signals from any industry you're in as well. And that's just way more effective than following like the templated approach. What it really comes down to, the reason why there's so many training courses, so many hacks and tricks and and all that stuff is, a lot of people don't like to put in time and work. They, they're looking for a magic bullet. They're looking for a shortcut. I'm pretty sure that's why the, um, like the diet pill and, and magic workout industry has been so popular for so long. If people are like, I could go to the gym and work out every day for years, or I could order these magic fat burner and that's going to do the trick, right? People want the same thing with SEO. They're like, what's the magic bullet? And so everybody who wants to make an SEO course says, buy my course. I've got the magic bullet. You're never going to believe it. And it doesn't work, but people, they're like, okay, risk first reward. It's $19 for the course, but maybe it's the magic bullet. I'm going to buy it. And so mark down you know, from $1,000. You can now have it for $19.99, but wait, there's more. Yes. yes. Order today and get our free email template series. Yeah, yes. no, that's, that's what you see. And so it just, just don't do it. I guess that's really it. I wish there was like, Something that was a lot harder about this, but what it really is, is don't take shortcuts. Agencies take shortcuts. People take shortcuts. It always comes back to bite you in the end. Google gets you over time. And we've seen that for the past you know, eight years. People are just getting hammered by Google for some shortcuts they took or their company took. Don't do it because long term, it's not going to pay for itself and it's not going to work out well. Well, Google happens to have a few buildings full of people that are designed and their sole purpose is to keep you from doing the things that you want to do to get around their systems there. So, you know, you don't sue people with more money than you and you don't go up against an army with one soldier. Yeah, that's it. I mean, look at what Google tells you they like. That's why it works so well is they're they're telling you've got a lot of really smart people at Google and they're like, all right, guys, here's the ticket. Here's what we think is people want to see. Give us this and we'll probably show it. Travis, you spent some time in the Army. You came out of the Army around a decade ago. You created this company. What was it that when you got out of the Army and says, you know what, I'm going to start a business in SEO? What was that aha moment that made you do this? Well, I actually, I got out of the Army. I got a job for the, I lived in Illinois at the time, the Illinois Department of Corrections. So I worked there. 
pretty good gig. After a little while, they closed down some of the facilities. And so typically everybody's story is they closed down facilities. I got laid off. And so I started a business. I didn't even get laid off or anything. I just got put on midnight shift. Did not care for that at all. Like that's, <laughs> that's not good. That's not hell. You can't be staying up all night and sleeping in the daytime. It just don't work very well. At least not for me. And so after a little while of that, I'm like, okay, something's got to give. Something's got to give. Um, so I stop one day, I pick up a magazine. And this this is obviously a while back. So I, I pick up a magazine and I, I flip through and there's a list. It's like best businesses to start, high profit margin businesses, something like that, right? So I'm scrolling through, scrolling through. I see SEO on the list. So I start reading about it. I'm like, it's pretty interesting. Before that, I, I didn't know anything about it. I, I had never considered running a business. I never considered being in marketing. Uh, definitely never considered being in the SEO industry, I just saw it on the thing. It, it sounded extremely interesting. And so I started learning more and more and more about it. So for about 12 months, I just worked extremely hard at learning everything I could, setting up some of my own websites to test out different stuff that I had read. And that's how I kind of got into it. Somewhere along that journey, um, I went onto a freelance website. Uh, I think it was called Elance at the time, and now it's Upwork. And I could write content pretty well. So I, I was just doing some freelance gigs to get some practice writing blog posts, blog content. And so one person I picked up, it was a tanning salon. They had a couple locations. I wrote a bunch of blog posts for them. They really liked them. After a while, I said, you know, I'm newer to SEO, but I've been working at it for several months now. I've got a pretty good grip on it. Would you like to give it a shot? Do you want to try us out? And so he, he agreed and he, he didn't pay me very much at all but it was a good experience. And so that was our very first client ever was this tanning salon. So we were able to get his website ranked in a few months and, and it stayed ranked for a really long time. But that's how I kind of got into it. But before that, no previous experience in any of the things that you typically might have if you're going to start and run a business. So really sharp learning curve there. All came from a magazine article. That's probably the best $6 I ever spent. Um, <laughs> You know, that that's how I got into it. So it, it's just nothing. There was nothing before that point that would ever lead me to believe that I would be in such an industry. Well, and I talk about all the time that aha moment when you realize that something that you're doing or that you're around can be done better. And I've done it. Everybody does it. And you don't have to reinvent the wheel. You certainly didn't go out and create your own Google. You just learned how to put what I call that spoke in the wheel. Make it turn smoother, faster, further. And with each spoke that you learn to put in another one and another. And so what you've done is that you said, here's something interesting. And you learned about it. You put a spoke in the wheel. And then you decided at some point to say, you, you know what? Stellar SEO is now open for business. Bring it on, folks. And that was what, 2012? Yep, that was it. It, it, it took a little while. And I'm like, all right, it, it's go time. I, I resigned from my job. Uh, open up a business and, and kind of the rest is history. You don't realize if you've never started and ran a business, how many things you have to learn, um, <laughs> you know, like, oh, there's so much stuff. And and so you figure out like, here's what I can learn. Here's where I have to get somebody to help me because I, it's just not, you know. Isn't it funny where we end up? Oftentimes we end up where we never had any plan or vision of being there, but yet here we are. Yeah, yes. it really is. You just don't know what's coming until you do it. And then, and then it happens so fast too. As I've talked about all the time and that when you start a business, nobody knows everything and you, you play off of your strengths and you hire your weaknesses. And every time that you made a mistake, 
you don't oftentimes you just don't know it but there's a government agency who will come along and remind you of how you did it wrong and some of them can be very expensive mistakes especially when it comes to employee relations human relations taxes withholdings insurance and all those evil necessities of businesses that is very difficult to be an expert in everything so know where your strengths are and then hire your weaknesses and surround yourself as we do here at Business Soup and as our guest Travis Bliffin has done right here from Stellar SEO. Travis, I could go on all day, I think, talking about SEO, but I got to call this one to an end and I want to thank you for being a part of this serving of Business Soup. Travis Bliffin from the company Stellar SEO. If you'd like more information, you can find it at the one source business is and has available. And that's at bizsoup.com where you can find anything and everything when it comes to business because it's where business comes for business. Travis, thanks for being on this serving of Business Soup. Thanks for having me. This has been another serving of Business Soup where business comes for business. I'm John Debevoise, inviting you to visit the website for more servings of what is best in business. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.